You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm your host, and tonight I'm joined by John and Andy. How are you doing, guys? Evening, gents. Some good thanks. Yeah. Hi. Good. Back after my week's sabbatical. I'm surprised you came back this week. I know. <laughs> Does that mean we move straight into that? Eh? Uh, well, 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 we'll start off with, with, with the good news of the weekend uh, because the, we had a winning charity bit. Not so much in the games because uh, of the, the the fourfold that we put on, one drew, which was Hearts, and one lost, which was uh, Queens Park. The other two won, but uh, sadly that's not enough. However, we did have a first goal scorer bet on Jojo Cardo, as he has on Twitter. Uh, as opposed to Joe Cardo, which apparently was his dad on Twitter. But uh, he scored first for the third win, so that was another 55 quid in the pot. That takes us up to £169.14 so far this season. So start, that's, start. that's not bad for just in October. Happy with that. It's well seen Laurie was on last week when you're doing a fourfold. Ah, I know, I know. Keeps it simple. I know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him who wanted to add Queen's Park in as well. And yet, Queen's Park were the team that lost. And it was, it was hard to do, so that's, I'm blaming Laurie for that one. He's trying to take uh, credit for the, the Joe Cardo one, but I'm, 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 I'm sticking my neck in that one saying I'd, I'd claimed that. I haven't. <laughs> Checked the pod the podcast last week to see exactly who it was at bet on it, but uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit getting the benefit of the doubt and say it was a it was a team effort between the, as long as you didn't put the bet on the father. No, <laughs> that would have been no. I, 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 could, have, could have gone horribly wrong. I, I did notice at the start of the week that uh, Joe Senior was uh, was retweeting the podcast that they, they had the bet on him. So I wonder if he listens. If you do, hi Joe. Yeah, he might listen now, and then Jojo Cardo replied to us on Sunday when we said thanks for helping the charity win money, so that was good. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. I mean, everybody wins with this one because the charity wins, we look good. Joe obviously gets a goal, which is good for them, Fairman as well. And uh, they went on to win the game, so. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a tight run race in the League One at the moment, with uh, Air United and Four for up there. But uh, I really should have this week day walk in front of me, shouldn't I? Fairman are still favourites for it. Are they? Aye. I thought they dropped off a bit after the. Yeah, it's almost worth a wee cheeky bet. Because I was having a real look earlier just to see how the odds had changed after the weekend. I mean, they're starting to get a wee bit of a gap between the the two of them and Forfa, but they are still edging it, so. It's like two that where all the action is. Well, that's, I think I, did I read something about that in like, nine weeks? That's changed hands about six times. The top spot in the <laughs> week two. <laughs> We're basically almost on a weekly basis at the moment. How tight that league is. There's three points between first and seventh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I hope it stays that way the entire season. That's brilliant. Ah, it was Queen's I mean, Park at the top. That's what it was. Yeah, Queen's Park at top. Aye. Uh, and now Montrose are level points from. I know it's ridiculous. Why did we put money on that week? That this week, I have no idea. Right. Laurie should never. No. Should never. Well, there's value, value to be had though in terms of who the league winner will be because Queens Park and East Fife are joint favourite at eleven to four. Yeah, if you can, if you can pick the winner, that's that's, that's doing well. And you'll, you'll make some money out of it. But uh, I don't think I'm touching that one with a bad spot, to be honest. 
no, it's it's a league where teams tend to do really well at home. Um, you know, every most teams do have a really strong home record, but uh, uh, any any team that can develop any sort of consistency on the road will probably win the league. Um, it's it's just really really tight, really, really close. Uh, Elgin have a a decent we shot at it as well. They've they've dropped off a wee bit in recent weeks, but um, they've got a, they've got a good squad. Some good attacking options, so. Obviously, given that they're on my local patch, I'd, I'd like to see them do it this season, but uh, still early days yet. Yeah, we're on, we're on a nine games into our 36-game season, so that's pretty much it's everybody's seven, played once. So. It's now seven points between the top eight. <laughs> it's remarkable. And they've all played all once. Yeah. Jesus. Easter on the bottom, 11 points behind. Promotion contenders then. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Starting off twice, they'll be a bottom at the end of the, the, the season. Aye. It's been a few seasons since they've been bottom. I remember they used to be bottom just about every season, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you compare that with with, with the, the, the top flight, if you go eleven points behind Aberdeen, you've got Inverness in eighth. So uh, the likes of Dunny United are a lot further behind than uh, East Stirling are uh, behind, and an Athletic as this week is top. So. Yeah, it's an exciting one, isn't it? Sits as well to win the league. Who, Annan? Aye. Really? There you go, see? Just what you say. If you can pick <coughs> a winner of that one, you've got the... You could be in the quids in. So, definitely a vision to watch. Anyway, we should probably uh, mention that the charity bit's going to be a wee bit difficult this week because there's no League 2 or League 1 games this season. Eh, this week, sorry. It's, uh, they seem, everybody seems to be getting the international break this week. Apart from, oddly, uh, Queen of South and Morton. And the, the 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 three ties that are going ahead in the the Petrofac training cup, the uh, Rangers Livingston game has been called off because the Rangers have had a few players called up to the international squads, so that's uh, the right to do that. So that will be played at a later date. But uh, yeah, the other three ties will go ahead along with Queen Queen of the South and Morton. So uh, I don't know if we want to pick a charity bet now because I honestly have no idea what to do about it. Were you talking about Ian Russell? Is that possibly? Yeah, possible it's, it, it, it's him or Lyle are the top scorers for coming to the South with three. <laughs> the, the other option is Denny Johnson at Morton, but I'm kind of inclined to go with uh, probably Russell to be honest, because uh, the South are a home team. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Right, that's a, that was easy pick. The one game in the league <laughs> we've gone with. I think Bookie's rules are a bit tight for us to pick anything else. I don't know if we can, if we can even pick a, a game for the Petrified Training Cup, but uh, we, we might have to with the the, the other bit, actually, because there's obviously no top flight and there's no nothing else in the Championship getting played. So if we want a, a bet on any of the the, league, the domestic games, it's going to need to be the Petrified Training Cup. Which, if anybody's ever tried to navigate the BBC website, will know it's almost impossible to find anything on that cup whatsoever. Other than the fact that the the Rangers Livingston game has been postponed. <laughs> See the only thing about Queen of the South. See in the last five games, they've not scored. Well, I'll do one. Do one, exactly. Mind you, the last time they scored was against Morton. There you go. Oh, there you go then. Right. right. If you're going to be choosing omens, then choose them carefully. And wait a minute, is that right? Queen of the Aye, Queen of the South 2-0 Morton Yeah, there's some Queen of the South at home And they're playing at home again This weekend Aye, there's some kind of daft so this, this game's been brought forward Or something from another Rearranged maybe yeah. 
and it means that Queen Elizabeth and Morton are playing each other what, three times in quick succession. Uh, in the last game, it was at the own goal, it was first goal scorer. So that would have counted, would it? So it was Lyles, would have, the first, would have been the first goal scorer. Yeah, first was Turner. Mind you, he never started, wait a minute. He never started in the last game, is he fit? Just check, make sure oh, okay. they play no, the weekend. Right. That was, that was a few weeks back, mind you, but... Uh, okay, right. Against Hibs, let's see. Did he play? I ah, never played at the weekend, he wasn't even in the squad, so we might be advised maybe not to... They go with Lyle, then. Derek Lyle's a good... Derek Lyle played, yeah. Derek Lyle played 70 minutes, went off, so... Alright, we'll look at Derek Lyle, then. Seems to, be, check that. seems to be safer. Yeah, it's just a good job somebody's paying attention. The <laughs> <laughs> one game where they were picked again with the play. Right, so we should mention that the three games that are going ahead in the Petrofact Training Cup are Peterhead against Stenhouse Muir, Queen's Park against Elgin City, and St Murden against Dunfermline. <laughs> that was a silence of no one has yeah. too bothered about it. I'm thinking, do you know, maybe we should just go for a treble and say Peterhead. Queen's Park, Dunfermline. Dunfermline would put value on it. Oh, I, I think just go with a double. Peterhead, a good value at 45. Yeah. Well, you might go Peterhead, Dunfermline then. Because I fancy Dunfermline. Peterhead, Dunfermline. I think the Queen's Park Elgin game's quite tough to call. That said, the two sides played each other just a couple of weeks ago in Queen's Park 3-1. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the last goal in that game. Nope. I think I did. <laughs> The defensive throw-in, which went back to Mark Kirsch, the Elgin goalkeeper, it was just it, basically the, the spitting image of uh, the Peter Enkelman one in a, a West I Midlands derby that, right? several years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, um, it, it did the rounds on, on YouTube, so um, that's what that game will be remembered for. But if that you know, game's anything to go by, then Queen's Park could be a, a decent shout at home, but uh, Elgin will sense revenge. I don't know about St Mirren Fermo one because I think St Mirren are maybe improving a wee bit gradually but I don't know yeah, I still fancy them still fancy them yeah. well I mean they good had good cup team this season 85 to 40 don't fail to win that yeah, this is obviously 90 minutes St Mirren would be 11 to 10 Queen's Park to beat Elgin City is 21 to 20 and if you fancy the Elgin it's 23 to 10 I, 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 I Peterhead on Fairman double ten pound and that's fifty six twenty five, so we'd get forty six we'd get forty six quid out of that. And in a weekend right. we don't have much to pick from. I think I'm happy with that. All right, go with that. Right, so. And if it doesn't come in, we can blame you. I, well, I'm blaming yeah, I'm blaming the SPFL <laughs> for not arranging enough games yeah. this weekend. As I thought, it would make a difference. I know. Well, we did win the bet last week. I'm quite happy with that. So. So yeah, we'll go Peterhead on film and double, and we'll go with uh, Derek Lyle of Queen of South to be first goal scorer. That's the charity bet pick for next week. Which means we can move on to some action now, because we'll start off with uh, our uh, remaining Scottish representative in Europe, Celtic World Home to Fenerbahce on Thursday night. And uh, got off to a great start, we're 2-0 up, thanks to the goals for uh, Lee Griffiths, and I'm struggling to remember who got the set goal now. Commons. Oh yeah, aye, the cut back to Forest. Aye, of course. Aye, aye, it was a good, aye, it was a good finish. Aye, Cracking strike. Yeah. Thought, thought James Forrest played pretty well. In fact, I thought Celtic played really well until the 41st minute when uh, F. A. Ambrose was uh, F. A. Ambrose basically 
I'm, I'm really annoyed at that because Effie's been playing really well recently and yet again he's played in a big game and made a complete mess of it and I think it's cost Celtic because what happened then was we struggled to half time and spent the next 15 minutes of the second half being all over the place Fenerbahce got a second goal to level it to each and it, it took us until about the hour mark to recover and then we never really looked like getting a third goal to win the game so that's uh Two points dropped, unfortunately, and if anything, it's been four points dropped because after Azigeri gets sent off against Ajax, we kind of went to pot again, having been 2-1 up and probably in, a, in decent control of that game. So We could have got six points out of six in this group when we're sitting in two. It's a bit disappointing, especially when Molde have got four, so I think it's uh, we've still got a good chance. I still think well, we should have enough to beat Ajax at home, assuming we don't make any more errors. Um Fenerbahce at home, we looked pretty good. Obviously, we're a different uh, ask there in Turkey in December, which still sounds like a, a prelude to a point to me. But um, it's, it's going to come down to the <laughs> it's going to come down to the double header against Mulder, which uh, starts on the twenty second of October, I think it is. Is uh, the next game over in Norway? So it's, uh, ah, see, they were written off at the start as well. Yeah, they were written off. They're taking four points, and, and three of them came yeah. in in Turkey. So. It's, uh, they've taken a, a decent amount of points already, so so yeah, it's going. It's got been interesting. Turkey's not as difficult. You'd be hoping that maybe Turkey's not as difficult a place to go then, maybe. We would hope so. Eh? We won't find out. Let's say it's in December. That's our last game, unfortunately, it's an away game. But uh, I do, I do think it's going to come down to how we get on against Molde. I'm, I'm hoping having a Norwegian manager is going to help a bit. We should at least know the lay of the land over there, and he's obviously had success not in the Norwegian league, so he should be more than aware of how Mulder play and what we're up against. You would hope. But, uh, yeah, that's to come. I'm, uh, I think I don't know. I want to touch too much about the, the Celtic Fenerbahce game now because it seems like ages ago. That's a, that's a problem with these European games because they're like several days previous, and we've played another game since. Obviously the. The two one win for Celtic at uh, Hamilton Ackies on Sunday though. Which uh, was another defensive howler this time from Boyata. Boyata. I don't know what he was playing at. He just I'm not sure if he got sucked in, fell over his own feet or what. He just he, he kept turned like he wasn't there. Uh, good finish. I think he should have taken him down. No, because if he'd taken him down he probably no. sent off and they played a lot of the game with ten men. And bear in mind, Boyata oh, then yeah. got the equaliser later on with the, the header, ah, which yeah. was an absolute peachier ball in for Lee Griffiths, by the way. Which um, I'm sure we'll, we'll speak more about Lee Griffiths when we come to preview the Scotland game. But uh, he, uh, he scored against Fenerbahce in midweek, got his own goal um, to put Celtic in front as well, which was uh, a cracking header into the, the far corner. But uh, yeah, the, the, the cross in for Boyata's goal was, was, was perfectly weighted and looped in and right on his head, so... Yeah. Defensive mistakes starting to concern you, though. A bit. Just I'd like to say no, starting, but I've been, I've been concerned about them for weeks because it was. Just, yeah. I mean, the defence against Aberdeen was just utterly hopeless. Um, they weren't. They weren't as bad against Ajax, but what worries me is Shimanovic. I can never get this guy's name right. He hasn't played since then. He's only played that one game for Celtic. And he, he wasn't even in the squad. There's, there's talk of some injury. I've heard rumours that he's not happy at Celtic for some reason or other. So I don't know what's happening there, but it's, it's certainly a concern. But um, and overall, 
I haven't seen anything in a blackout that makes me think we've signed them the good there. I know he's only on loan. <coughs> but uh, is he on loan? Aye, he's on loan. He's on loan. Yanko is the one we bought. That's what it was. Too many changes at centre-back? I know, that's that. there's, there's too many changes. Or just, even across, or even just across yeah. the back four in general. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, Yanko played at the weekend there. He, he seems alright. I mean, I, I seem to... And Bayata's alright when he does the th- simple things. But he's, he's, he's getting caught quite a lot. He's, he's, some of his passing is a bit suspect. There's, there's maybe a player in there, but he's, he's needing to mature a bit, I think. And maybe he maybe will as he plays more and more games, so... So who knows? The last thing you need is another player like that when you've already got Ambrose. That's the thing, yeah. That's exactly what they need, Andy. <laughs> More players like that. Well, we'd do the rest of the league fine, wouldn't it? Aye. Right. Aye. Things interesting. And right. if we're talking about defensive errors... Go- yeah, if we're talking about defensive <laughs> errors, I'm not sure that oh. Aberdeen fans can talk about it. <laughs> oh, well. Shall Sh- we, we go back to the Saturday game? We were the only ones that were guilty of defensive errors at the weekend, or defensive inability to defend set pieces. It was had yeah. a cutting team over the weekend. Uh, it's been yeah, we catching. Derby as well. Yeah. But, I don't know, Andy, do you want to start with the Aberdeen game? Or? Well, the Aberdeen game, well, I mean, I've, I've seen the goals and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it looked pretty shambolic. It, uh, yeah, I don't really know where to, where to begin because set pieces were, were clearly a, a problem, um, something that we've tended to be quite strong at defending. Um, Danny Ward's looked Solid in, in goals for Aberdeen so far, but you know, he was he was pretty suspect as well. Um, it just looked like poor communication, poor marking from you know from generally pretty consistent players. Aye. I wouldn't. I don't think there's any individual to blame. I think it was just fundamentally a a poor a poorly structured defence and uh, second to every ball, as McGuinness said. Yeah. In terms of in the box, it's set pieces. He wasn't backward to coming forward with the, the post-match analysis, was he? Dent McInnes. He, he, he let the team have it with both barrels, so what has he? Which is a different approach, I guess. Some managers don't like to criticise him probably, but maybe he's just thought, maybe if I do that, I'll give them a, give a, have a reaction. Possibly, I mean, but it's, you, you've he's just been singled, gobbled. He's not singled out anyone. No. So that's no. no, I think that was the main thing. Yeah, it was, it was just a... Collective. Yeah, collective. T- to be honest, it, it, can, up for the team. it can probably be quite easy to hammer an entire team the way he did and let both uh, let fly, fly with both barrels when you consider you've just been beating 5-1 at home. I think everybody's already annoyed. <laughs> it's not, I think letting them have it isn't going to make it any worse. It might make it better later on in the, for the coming games. So I, I don't think there's much yeah. you can lose by doing that. One of those yeah. games though as well, like St. Johnson had five chances on target and they all went in. I mean, the first goal you can't legislate for because Brian Easton will never hit a shot like that again in his life. He probably never has and never will. Um, you know, that, that was just a tremendous strike. That's goal of the season, um, isn't it? Aye, <laughs> I know. But, um, but you know, it was, it was the problems that began to mount there on in. Um, you know, with you know, if there was a combination, there were two set pieces. Um, two, two of the goals were lost through set pieces. Um I thought three of them. Was it three actually? Yeah, no, Aye. sorry, it was it was three. Shockness series was from a, from a free kick as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then the the fifth goal was well emanated from a poor clearance from from Danny Ward, which, um, you know, the follow up defending wasn't particularly good either. But um, 
oh, just just you know one of those days as you as you say um, losing five goals at home though is uh, really concerning. Uh, I, I mean, I was hearing that the team wasn't so much really booed off at full time; it was just a state of shock, which <laughs> probably would sum up how most fans would have felt at at, uh, at the end of that. Aye, but the last time was that very different from last time when we lost five. That was Hearts game. Uh, uh, last time I've been lost five at home was against oh, Sigma Olympus. Um, but yeah, the last time Aberdeen lost five would have been that Hearts game at Tynecastle, which fell between Mark McGee and Craig Brown's yeah. time. It was caretaker managers that were in charge. We were talking about sales, we talking about defensive and changing kind of the back four, but McInnes has been killed a wee bit with the fact I switched in Shinny between centre mid and left back I actually think that we're better off playing at centre mid yeah me too a lot more no, solid Jack yeah they've formed a good partnership um, and I've, even from having seen him at Inverness last season um, I think you know Inverness's need for him at left back was greater than that of Aberdeen now because Considine from what I've seen is uh, is probably more consistent at left back than, than he is centre half he's played there for um, a while anyway he has he's, he's developed into a really good left back and Arguably, when Aberdeen have been crying out for a left back for people would maybe argue a couple of decades <laughs> since David Robertson. <laughs> Aye, that's just, I mean that's that's what a lot of people say, and uh, you know you could argue that we we've actually signed one when we least need one. Um, yeah. You know, given Constantine's form over the last eighteen months or so, but um, yeah, Shinny to me makes a you know he's he's a class act no matter where he plays, but in central midfield, I think he he has a little bit more. Uh, sort of freedom, I guess. You know, just to uh, you know get on the ball. Um, he's never afraid to to run forward with it, which I suppose makes him a good player at fullback as well. But um, he, he's a good foil for Ryan Jack anyway, because yeah. you know, he, he can take the ball into more advanced areas, and um, you know he's, he's very very confident. Offers more running. protection for the defence as well. With kind of Shinny in there, and it gives yeah. kind of McLean more freedom. I think we are kind of a bit stifled when. Uh, Shinny's back at left back and then McLean's playing more kind of central midfield as opposed to attacking midfield McLean's most at home and behind the, the lone striker there's no no doubt about that um, in terms of the, the central defensive situation I thought you know Aberdeen had been coping pretty well without Mark Reynolds who was injured in the first competitive game of the season over in Macedonia um, he's been out ever since and uh, you know I, I felt that you know the team had done well to offset that because you know, he was a very consistent player and you know has been ever since he signed. Uh, we had up to last week, years ago. last week and a half, one nine yeah. goals in the last three games we've conceded. That's that's right, yeah. Um, and it, again, you know, it, there's been a lot of chopping and changing there. Uh, Quinn has come in for a few games, but you know he's not kind of nailed down a place. Uh, I think on the whole he's been impressive. I've also been impressed with Ashton Taylor. I think he's he's been one of the you know, he's probably been the most consistent of the defenders that, uh, that have been playing. Proven, goals as well. Exactly, like, proven a goal threat too. Is that a Sunday name, Ashton yeah. Taylor? Because everyone just calls him Ash. Yeah. Mm. I, don't, I, 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 I couldn't even told you that was his name. I just, I just knew it was Ash. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, he's Ash, Ash Taylor. He <laughs> always appears in the team sheet as Ashton Taylor. But, um, that's yeah, like, it's like Christian Collins. Big Ash. Mm. <laughs> is that his name, is it? Yep, Christian Collins. I don't realise that I said it in a UEFA team sheet once. Same way, same thing. <laughs> there you go. You'll learn something new every day. The, the saving, the saving grace. So after 
Saturday as if we're still top of the league at least. And the international break has come at the right time for us this time, whereas the last international break we didn't want it to come. Yeah, because yeah, you've had a wee bit of a mini sort of a mini collapse with the, the defeat to Hibs and then and then the loss at Inverness. It's, it's, it's then followed up by a hammer on the home. It's, it's not been a great sort of last sort of week to ten days for Aberdeen. But yeah, like you say, the, no. the international break probably has come at the right time at which he regrouped. Although obviously the likes of Graham Shinney has been called up to the Scotland squad finally. Yeah, yeah, I think he's deserving of that. Um, I would argue that he should have had that sooner. Yeah, um, I would also agree with that. Know, I, I think he probably should have been in there when he was an Inverness player. Um, I guess there's maybe, whether rightly or wrongly, from the you know the Scotland management point of view, there's been a a sense of you know waiting for him to make that move to, I guess a a bigger club um, before committing to bringing him in. But you know, I would argue that he he deserved. The recognition, given that you know we've not really had anybody. If you know, we'll go back to the two positions he can play. If he's left back, then there's been such uncertainty over that position for you know for a long time. Um, I think he has been a standout in that position for I would argue two years, um, and that's where he's played predominantly for Inverness. I suppose it's only really since coming to, to Aberdeen that he's. He, you know, although he had filled in central midfield for Inverness, he's, he's now looking like he is, you know, made for that central midfield position. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly think he he should have been in there before he moved to Aberdeen. But you know, he's he's now moved on a, to a new level, given that he's been thriving in European football. Um, he's been part of a team that, until the last couple of weeks, had won every game. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm delighted for him. He's a an excellent player. He's a lovely lad, and he's gonna he's gonna have a, a brilliant career. He's still got it all ahead of him. We should probably give a bit of credit to St. Johnson because uh, most of the talk has been about Aberdeen losing, but St. Johnson mm-hmm. have kind of picked up after a poor start to the season. And the big difference this season is their like, goals that they're scoring. Stephen McLean's stepping up as well. They've got twenty-one goals already. Uh, I had a look at kind of last few seasons. I knew they weren't big in terms of scoring goals, right? But over the last four seasons. 2011-2012, they finished sixth and scored 43 goals. 2012-13, they scored 45 goals, finished third. 2013-14, they scored 48 goals and finished fourth. Last year, they scored 34 goals and finished fourth. So they're already more than halfway compared to last season. They're, they're, a, they're usually the solid defence, which seems to make a big difference to where they finished in the league. And, uh, yeah. I think that they, 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 they won't get away again this season for the most part. I don't think they're hard to break down from what I've seen. Because he did 17 goals. They're maybe a bit more open with a play that season. Possibly. Yeah. The thing I find most remarkable about that result on Saturday, though, from what I'd seen of St Johnston this season, is that, that they did that without Michael O'Halloran, who's been their standout by an absolute mile. Um, you know, some of his play is just mesmerising. He's he's a he's the definition of of uh, the old-fashioned winger. Um, yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with him, but he wasn't wasn't part of the team. I think he was he injured on, on Saturday. He was, yeah. I know um, I missed another couple of players. Uh, mm-hmm. Sent up. Who did I miss? It? I think it was, was it Anderson or Mackay. Uh, Brad, Brad Mackay wasn't playing either. It was Steve Dave Anderson? Mackay. But I think uh, Dave Mac- no Dave Mackay was playing. Was he? Um, so was that uh, Brad Mackay that wasn't? But Chris Miller was he? I think missing. Uh, yes, yeah, he wasn't part of the team. But, uh, I yeah, I mean, they are a very consistent team, and you know, maybe that's starting to be noticed by other 
other clubs, given that there's, you know, it's come out today that they've turned down an approach from, from Dundee United for, for Tommy Wright. Maybe not a manager that's been linked with moves like that in the past, but uh, yeah. it's a sign of just how well he's done that he's now you know, been courted. Sports seems to be pretty interested. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Sports scene seemed pretty adamant to, uh, to try and get them to Dundee United. Yeah, they pretty much moved already. <laughs> so they were certainly pushing it. And I know uh, Jim uh, Spence has, has been pushing it quite a bit, but he would be a Dundee United fan. <laughs> yeah. I read earlier Stuart McCall, Parline and Alan Rovin have all had discussions, but I don't know whether that's been them or it's been agents. Well, they're all free, so I suppose there's nothing to stop them having discussions. Um, to my understanding that Stephen Thompson is a, uh, a fan of John Hughes as well, which... Yeah, um, he's been other names. Yeah. He, he, he ah. has, yeah, but I mean, he's he's not been giving very much away at all. Uh, as, you know, there's, there's no reason for him to because he's you know, in a very comfortable job already. So, um, yeah, it just depends on whether, whether United want him enough, you know, to... To pay compensation, although there wouldn't be that much required, because Hughes is actually out of contract at the end of the season. Um, so if they if they really want him over and above the candidates that are available for free, then yeah, they've they've got that option. And you know, Hughes, if he really wants to move, knows that his contract contract situation, you know, I guess hold, hands him the aces. You know, he can, he yeah. can dictate. I watched, uh, I watched this interview after the game, though, and. The weekend, he kind of talked about how he wants to. He'd, he'd like to stay, but he wants to obviously build a team because he was talking about the losses of Shinny, Ross, and Watkins. So he's he's maybe answered the question quite cleverly, saying, "Well, if you want me to stay, then can I maybe kind of back me a bit more in terms of keeping players? As much mm-hmm. as I know it's hard, it's very but hard. He's outside, maybe still can Aberdeen to build a team. Yeah. Most teams are changing, chopping and changing every season, but he's probably answered the question quite cleverly. He's not he denied has, yeah, that yeah. he would be interested in going to United, but he's also kind of said, "Well." If I'm to stay, maybe yeah. I'll back in. I don't know. What's the see in terms of uh, Inverness? I know Ross County, obviously, uh, over the last few seasons, they were only offering one year contracts. Mm-hmm. Inverness, quite similar. Well, or... I mean, one of the first things Hughes did when he first came in uh, to replace Terry Butcher was he actually, rather than signing players, he realised that the ship was already pretty steady. And although he transformed the way of, you know, of playing, you know, he reverted from what had been a pretty direct style under Butcher to, to the sort of crisp and sharp passing game that they now play, um, which he's, you know, he's always kind of, uh, you know, been a, an advocate of that, that, that game. But um, he had faith in the players that were already there and he actually got them all signed on, you know, two, three-year deals, you know, the squad that was there. Yeah. And if that took, um, you know, wage increases, then so be it. You know, he was committed to the guys that Butcher had uh, had built it, you know, up. But the problem was, you know, the success that they had last season obviously attracted other clubs to to the Inverness players, and you know, he had to now he, he had to then prove his own worth in the transfer market. Um, so that's taken him time this season. But he, to be fair, he's made a couple of well, he's made nine signings in total, um, and um, a couple of them are are looking. Pretty good. I mean, Miles Story's scored four goals in five games now. Yeah, that's a big one. He's a he's a loan signing, but um, Fon Williams is a an excellent keeper. He's he's been outstanding in goals for for them. He's in the Wales squad as well, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're both backup 
to Wayne Hennessy. Yeah. So um, no, he's he's been excellent. Uh, one or two of them that you know the jury's very much still out on. Um, Danny Lopez has has really struggled up front, and you know his struggles in the opening five or six games pretty much what necessitated the the signing of Story on deadline day. But um, yeah, I mean the th- the problem is in answer to your original question. County had been the team that did the short term contracts, but now. It's actually Inverness that are in that position because they've only got four players, I think, signed up beyond next summer. Right. Um, so, you know, although they've already had to make changes, you know, a lot, a lot more could be in the pipeline if, you know, if other teams become, you know, uh, well, one's away to... already with Christie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, he's not away till, well, maybe January. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's it's almost certain to be January. Celtic will want to get him in amongst their setup as soon as they can. Um, you know, if, I'm not sure if he'll make an instant impact, but you know, there's no, nothing to stop him being gradually bled into the team. And uh, you know, the, the raw talent's definitely there. It's uh, obviously needs a wee bit of physical work as well. But um, no, he, he, I think Celtic, I think all parties would benefit from from him. Uh, you know. Making the move to Celtic as uh, as soon as possible, really. And I think you, you might actually have touched on something I was just thinking about. Was going back to the, the Dundee United interest. I think that the the, the issue that John, both John Hughes and Tommy Wright might have is can they they keep taking the likes of St Johnston and Inverness further, or have they taken them as far as they can go already? Because bear in mind they're the two managers that won the Scottish Cup in the last couple of years. Uh, and, yes. and, and the, in both cases, it's the first major trophy the team have won. Um, so yeah. it's possible that John Hughes maybe sees uh, the rebuilding task as something he can try and achieve at Inverness. Um, Tommy Wright, he's taken um, uh, St Johnston into Europe on, on, on was it four consecutive occasions now. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so, so he's obviously had that bit of consistency, but that, he might see Dundee United as a chance to, to push on somewhere else, as opposed to maybe yep. he's taking St Johnston as far as he can. That might yeah. be something that gets factored in. It may, it may be quite happy, St Johnson. They might be, they might be looking to, to, to add to the silverware, for instance, because obviously they're, they're in the yeah. last eight of the League Cup, for instance. The one thing I read over the weekend as well was people talking about uh, possible financial stability as well, because people think well, probably likely that Dundee United would pay him more than what St Johnson are paying him. Especially if you get a cut of the transfers. She's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Thompson said that won't happen again, but I. Yeah. So that could be one thing as well, but. Don't you need Every don't, club in Scotland's a selling club. Every club's a selling club. If they they are, yeah, they yeah, are, but, to be, yeah. So. I don't think money's lacking at Dundee United. Um, you know, if they want to pay compensation, you know, they, I'm sure, I'm sure they can. Um, it, it's just a case of how they how they use it really. Um, but. Uh, Possibly more attractive to Hughes in terms of the youngsters at Dundee United, maybe. Yeah, he's always been a good training ground manager. Um, uh, you know, he had a very good record at developing youngsters at Falkirk. Mm-hmm. You could, I mean, if Falkirk are a club that have, you know, always traditionally been been a good, you know, production line. The Bairns. The Bairns. <laughs> the yeah, the name, so. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no, he's got a good track record on that front. Um, Christie's a, a very good example at Inverness of a, you know, a young player that he's given. The opportunity to, and you know, he's yeah. he's obviously managed to make the club their highest ever transfer fee. So, um, 
Yeah, there is an argument that he has taken Inverness as far as he can. And we've seen recently, reasonably recently, with Stuart McCall, that you can stay at a club too long. Um, you know, sometimes it does peter out. You know, sometimes it can it can come to a point where you have taken the club as far as you can, and um, you know maybe he should take the, the opportunity to uh, move on to on to bigger things if you know if he feels that you know there are going to be restrictions that prevent him taking. Inverness any further, but I think he's up for the challenge. There's no doubt about that. Um, they started the season slowly, but if he gets them into the top six, then that'll be a, a real success. Um, what last five unbeaten in the league? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crucially, they won the derby on Saturday, which uh, uh, it's a game that's been intriguing me all season, if I'm being honest, because uh, County certainly looked like they were the form team of the two uh, until. Until Saturday, um, County had been well, flying out the traps. They'd only lost previously to Celtic and Hearts. Um, mm. So, and obviously they had home advantage. It, there wasn't much in the game, to be honest. County probably shaded the, the possession in the first half, but um, Inverness were tactically very, very astute. Uh, you know, they, they had real pace uh, on the on the break on the counter attack. Without you know having a, a great deal of possession themselves, and uh, you know they got two goals at a very very crucial time just before before the break, and um, just very similar to the Aberdeen game the week before, they were very very content to you know just sort of put the shackles on the, the game from there on in. That said, County created a, a multitude of chances in the second half, and if they'd scored earlier than they did, which came in stoppage time from Liam Boyce. Um, then it could have been a bit more of a more of a game in the second half, but um, Think yeah, County missed Davies. Yeah, but then again, you could say Inverness missed Christie, and you know they they did with did fine without him. Um, but yeah, Davis has been been rock solid. Uh, thing is, they've got the depth to offset that because Scott Boyd came in, and you know, he's obviously been a, a part of that defence for a long time, and he's you know, doesn't really put a foot wrong, but. Uh, the goals they they lost were pretty poor. Um, the first one was was kind of just a a good break from from Inverness. Um, David Raven released Liam Polworth, who sent in a, a low cross to the, the far post. And Story just has an instinctive knack, and he's he's in the mood. He got himself into a really good position, and uh, you know couldn't miss from the range he was. But it was mainly the, the second one. It was it was a corner which. Uh, it was actually two headers that County were were second to. Danny Devine got the got the flick on and um, headed it into the danger area. You could say and James Vincent was unmarked about four yards out. And he's not a particularly big guy, Vincent, but he couldn't miss from his range either. So same for the County um, goal as well, wasn't it? Two headers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The, the two goals were were very similar, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, got to give a mention to Liam Boyce. He's away with the Northern Ireland squad just now, but he's actually the, the top scorer in all competitions in the, in the top flight just now with 11. Um, so he's carried on his form. That yeah, tally of 11 goals already equals what he achieved last season. So um, he's looking like a, a very dangerous player, no matter who he's up against. Kyle Lafferty suspended as well for the Greece game. Real opportunity for him, yeah. So it's yeah. either Boyce or McGuinness. Yeah, well, because Mackay's injured, isn't he? He did he not 
suffer a hamstring injury, which ruled him out of the Partick game on Saturday. Billy McKay. Yeah. Um, McGuinness has been on good form as well, but uh, if it was down to me, I would certainly give Boyce the the nod. He's been he's been excellent. Just in the well, that probably covers a Highland Derby. Eh? I think so. Huh? Sorry, <laughs> no, I was just I was going to go back to the the, the United game you were talking about there because I think that the, the other point I think from the United's perspective of getting a manager is he's probably do it quick because a three 0 defeat to Partick Thistle does not look good for them at all. It's 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 Thistle off the bottom of the league. Been replaced by Dundee United. That that doubled Thistle's tally for the season. <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it, they looked like they fully deserved it in the the, the highlights as well. It's, uh, it was almost as if like Jackie McNamara's been holding Dunny United together, and now he's away. They've just collapsed completely. So I think they they need to move and move, move quickly if they're going to bring in a manager. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to plod along with Dave Bowman in charge for too long. Uh, do, you, do you reckon Stephen Thompson's got a letter prepared informing Dave Bowman that he's not going to be the the manager? I, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. I really fancied telling Dave Bowman he wasn't going to be the manager. Remember him as a player. So he partner. Oh, he was. Uh. <laughs> but, um, got a 17 match ban in his one of his last games, which is still to be still to be completed. <laughs> is it really? He spoke quite honestly, though, in terms of Dundee United being a soft touch. Like, yeah. Matt Navarra never really liked touch him. He was quite, you know, he was always like, oh, we're unlucky, we're unlucky, whereas I think Dave Bowman probably gave him a few home truths. To be honest, I think they were both yeah, right, though. Yeah, probably th- to be expected of someone that... Sorry. No, I was just, I, I think they were both right, because I thought under Matt Navarra they were unlucky. They were, there was one game they came up against um, Jamie McDonald at Kilmarnock. He was outstanding that day, and Kilmarnock beat him. But I mean, it was mm-hmm. Dundee United that battled that Kilmarnock goal and just couldn't find a way past the keeper. So that was probably unlucky. Aye. I think against Thistle, they yeah. did look a soft touch. I think no yeah. one United though. Matt Amara said they were a bit, when they were unlucky almost every week, whereas what, they'd won four games in about 28 or something like that. Yeah, they were unlucky in yeah, Celtic along the bottom of their team. I could be unlucky, a bit of unluckiness, but it's just bad form. Possibly. Right, we should probably wrap up the, the Premiership chat because we'll, we'll finish off just when the Hearts was a one-each draw with Kamarnock as I mentioned earlier when we were talking about charity bet. Dundee did get the win, uh, the 2-1 against Motherwell um, and we already covered the, the, the Hamilton Celtic game. And so uh, The one thing I did want to bring up for the weekend action was um, was Rangers. They, they, they seem to struggle a bit against Falkirk for, for a good bit of the... the the, the 90 minutes but um, they were one each for a long time and then uh, if you ask Peter Houston he got a bit of help from the referee <laughs> did, you, did you see it? I, I heard those comments I, yeah. I haven't seen the incident I've got to admit but uh, it was strong words from Houston today uh, oh, well I, I only heard it today right enough um, uh, he obviously made the comments at the weekend but uh, he was uh, implying that the referee was influenced by uh, you know some kind of I suppose question marks that Mark Warburton posed at half time, um, which that's yeah, interesting. I mean, given the way things have gone, wouldn't be surprised if he was hit by a wee letter from the compliance officer. Yeah, apparently. 
He's been reported. The referee's reported them, so yeah, they'd expect it. So if it's in the referee's report, it'll be, it'll be hit with something. Aye. Yeah, I mean, and, and his words were, uh, I went into the referee, he's reported me to the association, I asked the question and he told me the Falkirk player won the ball and then he's gone through the Rangers player. That's not how it happened. The Falkirk player won the ball and the momentum of the Rangers player saw him jump into the Falkirk player, which meant it should have been a free kick to Falkirk. I just feel that today the Falkirk team are let down by the officials. Now, I've seen the incident... I kind of agree with the referee, if I'm honest, because I thought it was a it was a good tackle. I mean, he, he definitely got the ball first. I just think it was the second leg took out Nicky Law. I don't think Nicky Law jumped into him. I don't know where he's got that impression from. And I can kind of see why the referee might interpret it as a free kick. Personally, I don't think it's a free kick. I think it's a, it's a good tackle. Unless they've changed the rules where suddenly the... The, what he does, uh, I think Houston's right that the momentum does carry him into the Rangers ball. I think from that aspect he's right, but it's it's just momentum. There's no malice in it. He's got the ball, won it cleanly. Oh, it was the first leg anyway, and the second leg's got him. I don't think that's a free kick. I can see why the referee might interpret it otherwise. I think it's as simple as that. I think it's a, it's down to the referee's interpretation. He's interpreted it as a free kick to Rangers, and then Tavenier's obviously scored from the free kick, which is is, is really annoyed Peter Houston. But I remember Houston when he was at Dundee United, and I thought he was a bit of each at times as well. So I'm 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 inclined to chalk this one up to Houston being a bit uh, hot-headed rather than anything else. Both yeah. Rangers fullbacks scoring again as well at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, Leo Wallace got the third goal as well. I mean, I can understand why Davenier uh, got the, the, the second goal, because he obviously took the free kick, but there just seems to be this thing where... Rangers fullbacks are scoring goals, and I mentioned this to Craig last week. You just, you reckon it was the way that the Rangers play. They, they, they do like to get their fullbacks forward, and, and they both like to cut in. So it's, it's it certainly seems to be they're getting the goals. So obviously, Wycorn's the other man that's getting the goals, and, and, uh, and he looked pretty good in the highlights as well. So he, they, that seems to be the three key men for Rangers these days: is, is Wycorn and the fullbacks. <laughs> so that, that's their uh, 100% record continued in the league. It's um, always good to bear those fullbacks in mind for future charity bets as well. Yes, it is. Yeah. Definitely. I think uh, Wycorn obviously won his money a couple of weeks ago now, so so that made a difference. Yeah. But I think I think Wallace and, and, and Tavernier are a, a good uh, shout at times as well. It's just picking which one is going to score for Rangers. Because they're, the, they're actually <laughs> the three top scorers in the, the championship at the moment. You've got Wycorn 11, uh, Tavernier's in 5 and Lee Wallace is in 5. And then you've got Cummings in 4 and... Uh, just to, to mention Hibs, they, they had that uh, win against Queen of the South uh, down in Dumfries, 3-0. Uh, Wraith Rovers, they seem to be on a, a good run of form at the moment, 2-1 against Morton. Unbeaten at home. Unbeaten at home in the last seven games, I think, that the start is. So that's, uh, Aye. Ray McKinnon's been linked with I think Dundee United as well, I think, already. Yeah, he was. He's a former player. He's yeah. from Dundee. I mean, I'm not um, surprised, yeah. It was a dark, dark horse for it, but I guess he's, he's quite soon into that Wraith job. So yeah. He was probably one that, that was being... Well, maybe, and, uh, you know, touted for it now, but perhaps his time will come in the future. Certainly, he's thought of very highly. He was, um, I think he was involved with the SFA and uh, developed a very good coaching reputation there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, talented manager to keep a, an eye out for, definitely. I mean, that's them up to second in the league now, after, after Falkirk's defeat at Ibrox. So, uh, Habs and Falkirk still got a game in hand, but they can't both win it. So, I, th- I think the Rovers are definitely in the, the, the playoff spot hunt. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's another disappointing uh, result for St Mirren as well. I wanted to draw it out against Alwa, I hope they So they're, they're still sitting third bottom. 
It's um, it's not going too well for St. and having that drop in and that championship. It just goes to prove how difficult it is to get out that weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the that's the championship chat then, because we, we we do have uh, a, a hugely important game to move on to. Uh, ah, the... Gibraltar should be a good one on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We don't mention the Scottish Cup. <laughs> All right, we should mention the Scottish Cup as well. How did Talbot get on, John? Oh, Talbot went five now. There we go. Against <laughs> Broomhill Sports Club, and then we've been drawn with Cumbernauld Colts, Colts, so another uh, Lowland League team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a bit better than what Broomhill have been doing this season, so might be a slightly trickier game, but that's. Another new fixture, they all played each other. So, the ties played on the 24th of October, which means Talbot won't get to play in a Junior Cup game that day. They'll have to play the following <laughs> week. So, that'll be two weeks without league action. So, there's always a saving in the cup, though. Um, just, just to mention that Wick Academy beat Right Hill Welfare in, in their, their other uh, Scottish Cup replay. So, uh, they're, uh, they're facing a trip to Nairn County in the second round. It's not quite as long a journey, that one. I think everything was going to be shorter by comparison, wasn't it? I think one of the longer journeys is, is, is Bucky Thistle coming down to play Edinburgh City. That'll yeah. A, a bit of a trek. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Elgin City are, are, are hosting Spartans, just in the, the opposite direction. So there's a, there's a few uh, there's a few long distance. To, I mean, another one, Huntley, are hosting East Stirling. That'll take a while to get up from Falkirk. Absolutely. And then yeah. there's, there's, there's uh, uh, East yeah. Forest. Uh. Yeah, Clack the Cudden and Lithgow Rose is another one. That's not exactly a short chip. So it's, uh, there's a no. few. But it's, uh, I guess the teams in the, well, in Wick Academy, for example, they have got to travel quite a fair distance even for normal Highland League matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you get to a stage where they get used to it. Um, I don't think anything will top at all. I think Wick uh, Academy have had three notably long Scottish Cup journeys in the past few seasons. They've had Coldstream away, <laughs> they've had Berwick Rangers away, but I think the longest one... Have they played Strand yesterday? No, St Cuthbert Wanderers, Kirkubri. I think, by mileage and just the way the roads are, I think that's just about as far as you could go. But that... maybe Strand. Strand must be up there, I would think. Cause, uh... Aye. So that takes me forever to get to. <laughs> Never mind coming for the islands. <laughs> oh, aye, aye. I've done myself with Ross County last season, actually. That was yeah. that was probably the longest. Uh, that was Derek Adams' last game, actually. Um, early part of last season. They they won it, having lost there the previous season in the League Cup. Mm. So, uh, I ding to Stranraer, some going as well. But um, oh, Wick would just be taking the taking the biscuit. Yes, it would have been. So where, where is it? Come on, all Colts are playing their games. Are they? Are they yeah, Broadwood? Playing at Broadwood. Aye, I thought I'd heard that. It's an artificial surface at Broadwood. Aye. Yeah, that so, makes a difference. Although I see Ronnie Day always whinging in the morning about the the Hamilton surface being like ice. I wish aye. these people would stop moaning. He he should know better. It's not like Norway don't have artificial pitches. Just, there are so many of them, as you say. Yeah, and it's just becoming the norm to train on them yeah, as well. Exactly. It's, it's not as if Celtic don't have them up at Lennox too. Aye. So I don't know. I don't know what the complaints are about. I really don't get it. Talbot have played in artificial turf before anyway. Played at Rugby Park in the Junior Cup final last year, mm-hmm. and then Pierce Hill in the Juniors, uh, the same league that Talbot, and they've got a artificial turf. So you would have thought it'd be more popular in the Juniors just for for the, the cost. Yeah, 
Uh, there probably is others, but Peter Zell is the one certainly I know of because in the same league could have been there. Uh, but after the second round of the Scottish Cup, there's going to be a guarantee of eight non-SPFL teams in the third round. Fantastic. Excellent, yeah. Which is good. It'd be great to see one of them drawn at home against a, you know, if they were to, to get through the next round after that, then, you know, great to see them, one of them drawn against a Premiership outfit. I mean, I, yeah. I guess there's always the the, the pro- probability that it wouldn't be played at their home venue, but... Yeah. Um, but it did happen once. I remember Spartans at their old ground, they drew Livingston. And uh, although Livingston aren't renowned for taking huge crowds, yeah, it's still a local game for mm-hmm. Livingston fans and you know a lot of local interest in it. So, uh, no, they played that at City Park, I think it was called. It was a, uh, a pretty ramshackle old ground before they moved to their, their current place. So um, I suppose it was almost back home for Livingston as well, having been uh, previously weather like this. <laughs> Spartans yeah, isn't too far from um, Yeah, and you know the way Spartans are, they're, they're a great community club. You'd expect them to probably take advantage of the, um, you know the the promotion from the Lowland League at some point down. You know the next few years, mm-hmm. um, they, they probably have the, you know they've, they've got as good a chance as anybody is, uh, you know, of becoming the, I suppose the, the third Edinburgh club, where you know, rising from the, uh, I guess the. Meadowbank thistles ashes after Livingston moved to, moved out of the out of the city. That's the fed in the city. Don't fancy it themselves, of course, because uh, they were the. I guess they made it to the. Yeah, they made it to the playoff last night. Well, they made it to the the, the first part of the playoff because obviously it was uh, Broader Rangers that were not the point one throws, but I uh, they, they certainly were, were the team that were up for promotion. So a top yeah. again as well, the Lowland League. Yeah. Edinburgh City. All right. Alright, that's the Scottish Cup done. Let's get on to the Scotland game. Come on. <laughs> right. Well, let's start with Mark McGee's call. Let's start with Mark McGee. Mark oh, McGee, I God. am an idiot. Shut up, Mark McGee. That's going right up in their dressing room. Aye. Scotland do not feel Lewandowski. What? I'm scared of Lewandowski. I'm part Polish. <laughs> Mark McGee just talk before games or talk about football. The list Actually, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's a, a thing in my favour. I then know, at least know who Lewandowski is. <laughs> if I, I probably yeah, know who well, a few more of the Polish players are. Everybody knows who Lewandowski is. Come on, it's not like he hasn't been scoring against uh, everybody. Everyone. But what was yeah. it? It was, was it only the two goals he got against Dortmund at the weekend. He's off for uh, but that's that, not a good. That was all. Yeah. Good. He's just fading away. That's what we want. Twelve, twelve goals in four games. Frightening. Um, frightening. It's frightening, yes. And it's not even four full games, it was three and a half. Because <laughs> the one who got five, he came off the bench. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll just keep him in the bench, so forget to bring them on. Yeah. Maybe we can hope for that, maybe. That's not yeah. happening. <laughs> in fairness, he didn't score the last time out against us. Um, no, there, there is that players. Point, yeah. And in fairness, um, we probably do want Lewandowski to be fit, because... Assuming Scotland can get the win against Poland, we need them to score against Ireland as well. Yes. <laughs> so, even kicking lumps at him isn't a tactic for Thursday. See as well if I'm going to talk about someone else that shouldn't talk. Pat Nevin. Pat Nevin should never talk, ever. Right. Yeah. I disagree with this whole thing that a draw will be fine. We need to win. Nah, we need to win. Win. Yeah. And then that means we're guaranteed to play it. Well, no guarantee, but that's assuming we beat Gibraltar. But win, and then it's in our own hands. I was too busy yeah, moaning. Although, because then Ireland, as long as Ireland 
a peep by Jay. I'm on the other I, side. I never actually I'm noticed that he said that because I was too busy mumping and moaning about the fact that he said, well, we did draw with Portland over there. Just completely writing them off. Yeah. I don't know why. The real hope is that, I mean, we we do have, some sometimes, occasionally with Scotland, there's just one team in the group that we have a, you know, a little bit of a, an Indian sign-over. You know, just a comfort playing against. Um, on paper, Croatia were one of the biggest threats in the last campaign. And yet, home and away, we just combated their threat at source. Um, you know, they, they had a, a top striker in Mandzukic, who mm-hmm. was kept really quiet in both, both games. Um, Modric was class in certainly the Hamden game but you know he just he wasn't you know the, the, the other players the, their more offensive players weren't allowed to make an impact in the game we're hoping for the same again same same sort of idea this time around um, you know because oh, Lewandowski if, if he gets any kind of encouragement then he will punish us given the form he's in yeah. um, you, you know there's no he's not going to need a second invitation um, so it's a I guess it's up to us. We we probably need to, you know, we're we're looking for our attacking players to to be on goal scoring. Yeah, form, and I think that uh, that's well. a that's a good thing though because I mean this weekend you had the likes of Stephen Fletcher scored for Sunderland, Jordan Rhodes mm-hmm. was scoring for Bly. Was it Bly? Well, he's with I can't remember who's with these days. Scored yes. against Blackpool. Yeah. Uh, Chris Martin. Chris Martin Chris scored Martin's for Derby. Yeah. Lee Griffiths has obviously got the the goals he's been getting. Um, yeah. I think even. He's not in the squad, but Ross McCormack's been scoring goals as well. Now, yeah. I'd be calling him up about now. Surely he must be doing another call up. Yeah, he's been excellent for Fulham. Um, it's it's Fulham he's with, isn't it? Yeah, it's Fulham. Yeah. Fulham. Aye. Um, he, he was the record championship signing, wasn't he, last summer? Um, I mean, Stephen Naismith, I don't think he's, he didn't score this weekend. But I don't he, think he did, but um, he's, he's. I mean, did, he got that. Um, he got the hat trick against Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, after yeah. the, the last round of uh, international games, so it's not as if he hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, Naismith was in the 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 news this weekend because of the charity work he was doing, which is, yes. uh, is full credit to him. He seems to he, he he seems to be one of the one of the few footballers that actually takes the time to to get and do these things, which is really good to see. Ah, he does a fair bit. Uh, he, he certainly. He knows where he came from, that kind of thing. It's good to see. It's interesting to see how we line up, though, because in defence, the last time when we were in Poland, Hanley wasn't fit and Greer played. And did kind of not bad, actually. Uh, Greer got away with a couple of things. I'm not sure. I've never been that confident in our defence, and the idea of facing Lewandowski scares me. Um, yeah, but I mean, um, we're going to need to play somebody. The, so I, I would go with Hanley and Martin just because that's been the partnership that's experience most yeah. often. That, that, that's yeah, that's probably the only one that's looked like being any sort of you know having any kind of long term continuity yeah. uh, under Strachan. You know, I, I don't particularly. I, I like Martin. Not convinced about Hanley, but you know, the two of them probably got more of an understanding than any other partnership we could play. Um, Hutton, I remember being at fault for certainly at least one of the goals against Poland last time out. Yeah, he was. Um, and as for the left back situation, I mean that's that's been um, you know very inconsistent all all round. I mean, um, last three games we've had three different left backs starting. Yeah, um, that, that's the sort of one, but we haven't had any consistency. Mugru's injured, I think. Uh, he's, he's, he's injured. He's very much he's, doubtful. He's what I've been hearing. No, he's, he's Mark McGee ruled him out today, so he's he's definitely yeah. out. 
Um, Robert, I don't think Craig Forsyth is in the Craig Forsyth isn't in the squad, is he? No, Shinny's in. Shinny's in instead, yeah. um, and it's doubtful he he would get the get the nod uh, having never played. Shinny's before, more but, likely to play against Gibraltar, I would think. In fact, Gibraltar might be the ideal game to play him. Whitaker played in Poland, so I think we've had a yeah. four different left backs in this campaign. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah, which <laughs> tells you the tells you the problem. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very strange because we, you know, we, we struggle to get a, a consistent left back and yet but we seem to have persisted with things that we're, uh, what some of us aren't, haven't been too happy with like Stephen Fletcher up front I know he got the hat trick against Gibraltar uh, but I had to get that hat trick hurting the right back is another one yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think the problem is we don't really have another right back I can't think of anybody to be play though other than the aforementioned Whitaker and I'm oh, not that impressed with him Whitaker can't play right back Phil Bardsley but he's not in the squad yeah do you know what might count in our favour? The fact that James Morrison, I like James Morrison as a player, but the, the game in Georgia, obviously, if we try to play him in defensive midfield, it might actually suit us that he's out mm-hmm. because it means then MacArthur or Fletcher. MacArthur certainly did better against from, Germany, yeah. Uh, and I, I think, think it's time for MacArthur. Um, I mean, I love Darren Fletcher, I think he's a good player and he's, uh, he's still got a lot to offer Scotland, but uh, I think MacArthur. Really come on to a game, um, I, and I think that's what Strachan will go for. I would be more inclined to go with MacArthur than, than to go with Fletcher because I don't think Fletcher's yeah. really been able to link up with Scott Brown. And the few times I've seen them play together, no. they don't seem to work. I don't Absolutely. know why. Whereas MacArthur seems to fit in a, a bit better, so I think yeah, that would be my choice. Yeah, I think his time's come definitely. And you're missed training today, aren't you? He did. Yeah. yeah. He. I think he's had a niggle all season, which is, you know, he's been in and out of the, the Watford team. Um, so he's touch and go, it would seem. Um, I think that as far as the wingers blow. go, I mean, I, I wasn't any of a big blow, but I think as far as wingers go, we're, we're probably fortunate that Forrest seems to be hitting a bit of form at the moment. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I probably would go Forrest if I... Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Richie? Uh, he's an option too. He's... It's not really. I mean, he's not really worked out in the competitive matches he's played. I mean, he started against both Gibraltar and uh, Republic, and he got hooked at half time in both matches. Yeah. Uh, obviously, scored in the friendly win against Qatar. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously made the step up to the Premier League and <laughs> already probably scored goal of the season um, for Bournemouth. He's he was um, you know he's a player that. I guess it's still the jury's still out on him in a Scotland jersey put it that way and then it'll be a case of where does Naismith play does he play up front does he play behind the striker or does he end up playing him out wide I think he'd probably play behind the striker I don't really see him playing anywhere else Maloney no, Maloney Maloney will play wide Maybe. Maloney was a little bit lost out wide for me against Germany yeah I um, think so so I'd, I'd prefer him behind the striker. Maybe Naismith out wide right. If Anya's not going to play, then I agree with Chris. I would go with Forrest. Um, Stephen Fletcher, for his lack of goals, in the early part of the campaign, he was impressive in his assists. He'd won for Anya for the goal against Germany. And uh, he played the long ball for Anya again, which led to Maloney's equaliser uh, in Poland. Mm-hmm. Um so he's, he, he, he has shown that he can link up. I think Stracker will uh, start Fletcher. Pop for um, yeah. uh, I really don't want to say it, but we do, no. probably, <laughs> On an evening where we probably do need our striker to 
you know, to be in goal scoring mood, you know, probably could go with. It might, you know, might be time to unleash Griffiths, but. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with Stephen Fletcher. Fletcher so. Yeah, I think the problem with Stephen Fletcher is he's a good link-up man, he's a good support striker, yeah. he's not a good main striker, and I think what we need against Poland is a good main striker, yeah. and I don't see how that isn't Griffiths. <laughs> but the, the thing that really him. worries me would about you, it is Griffiths you, didn't even you, get on against Germany. If you see, put on the likes of Martin before no. they put him on, and then they put on... Um, somebody else came on later on in that game, I can't remember who it was. He... I think it was Richie that came on. Oh yeah, Richie. Uh, yeah, right. He was putting guys on ahead of Griffiths. Griffiths never even featured. It was just a, a, there's something about Griffiths that I don't get. Why you think you can't get again? That maybe Scotland is a penalty box striker. Someone will just hang about the box. But does that suit? I, 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 I don't know if that suits. You know, we need we need more than that from you know the system we play. Yeah. Uh, you know, given that it's a four-two-three-one, which is you know, been the way we've gone throughout, apart from the first half against Gibraltar, um, we probably, you know, we probably need a little bit more than just penalty box instincts from yeah. from our, you know, our centre forward. I, I like um, a penalty box striker, but I don't it. think they work as a solo guy up front. Yeah. If you need somebody that's going to have a, a no. you, you need no. you need somebody that can be the one cup man, but isn't solely the one cup man. I think that's why. But that's probably why we play Stephen yeah. Fletcher is because he can be that one cup man. It's just he doesn't have that killer instinct. Whereas I think Lee Griffiths can do both, and no. that's probably why I'd, I'd pick him ahead of uh, Fletcher. But. Yeah. You could argue that you know, the, you know, the, the three that play in behind. There's no lack of creativity there, you know. So you know, maybe we could get away with it. I mean, who's to know if a, a penalty box striker wouldn't work in the in the system because you know, it's not really been tried. It's not been tried. Um, for it. He just gets obviously Kenny Miller was the front man for so long. Yeah, yeah. Chris Boyd never really worked out for um, no. at international level. Um, so yeah, that's the last one that we we tried, but. Um, I think that's the problem. If, 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 we were to, if we were to play a penalty box striker, who would it be? I can't, I can't even think of one. Rhodes. Yeah. Is he though? Again, he's he's one that's well, it's, certainly his goal scoring record would suggest so. But Strachan never seems to have really kind of taken him seriously as as the option, as the answer, you know. Well, I think it's going to be very difficult for Scotland to risk it. Yeah, I mean, we, we need to... If we don't get something for Poland, we're out. For us to realistically yeah. have a, a, good, a good chance of us, we need to get a win. A draw would be just about enough as long as Ireland don't take anything from Germany or Poland in their two games. Um, we're, obviously, we're, we're expecting to beat Gibraltar with a minus 44 goal difference. <laughs> so uh, we need we we definitely need to get four points for these last two games. To be realistic, we need, we need to get six. Yeah, we we need Germany to beat Ireland on Thursday night, and then we need Poland to beat Ireland on on Sunday as well. So, it's, well, uh, if we beat if we beat Poland, Germany beat Ireland, then and we beat we beat Gibraltar, then basically Ireland and Poland is a shout for the second spot. Yeah, I right, right. Th- yeah. Yes. Th- th- there's I- Ireland could still actually win the group, <laughs> and, and uh, if you look at the the, the points total they've got, um, it's 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 pretty unlikely because you need to beat Germany and Poland to do it. 
But um, would I be right in saying that if Ireland win either of their last two games, we have yeah. no chance of yeah yeah yeah. yeah we, Aye, so if if we win both their games, then Ireland need to win one there too. Uh, if we yeah. if we win and draw Ireland only need a point. Yeah. Poland could drop out. Poland, ah yeah, Poland could still bizarre. drop out, yeah. Yeah, because we could catch Poland. Yeah. But to do that, Ireland would get to the second head, spot. To win. Yeah. So if we beat Poland we've got a better head to head record. Yeah. Bizarre group, isn't it? Fairly. It's really annoying. Because there's, there's so many there's so many permutations in this group. There's 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 four decent teams in this group and all four it would be good. It would could be, could be better than some of the teams that are actually going to the Euros. Yeah, but uh, it's just, just um, the way they're talking about. Can't legislate, can't legislate for some of the results that other teams have managed to pull off as well. I mean, Poland beating Germany, yeah, Ireland getting a point in Germany, but the only other real shot result has been at our expense, and that's yeah, Georgia. Georgia's win against. Uh, and I think I, I do think ultimately that's going to cost us because I, I have said on this yeah. podcast in countless times twenty points would have got us through. And to get those 20 points, you were taking 6 off Georgia, 6 off Gibraltar, 4 off Ireland and 4 off Poland. And we still could get the 4 off Poland and the 6 off Gibraltar, yeah. but it would still leave us on 17 points, which might not be enough, depending on what happens with the uh, Ireland and Poland and Germany above us. See, yeah. if we don't get in the playoff, do you think Stracker will stay? I don't think so. The way he was talking in the, the last few days about how his future isn't as important as what Scotland do, he seems very cagey on it, as if he's, he may step down. And if he steps down, I will be very disappointed, because I don't think... I, I, do, I, I think the, the Georgia result was disappointing, and that's maybe what's going to cost us in the end, but I don't think it's enough to say we need somebody else because one I don't know who else it would be two I think Strachan's done a lot of work to get us into the position we are and I think he'd be in a much better position to take us into the World Cup qualifying for 2018 I, I, I would like to see that consistency yeah I think he would choose to leave though as opposed to him being pushed no I, I don't I don't yeah, think that's if he would get rid of no but he's yeah, the kind of guy that would step down yeah but uh, perhaps that's you know a tactic of his maybe he's just trying to keep all the focus on um, you know, on on the games. Although you could argue that by killing it stone dead, you could kill it stone dead by by saying that he wanted to stay. You know, if that was going to be his his way yeah. of thinking. But um, then maybe he's got a, maybe it's a bargaining than, chip against the Scots, uh, the SFA. That's the probably the problem. He's got a bargaining chip that way if he if he keeps his cards close to his chest. Is there not some weird yeah. quirk though that his contract actually runs out this month? So if we get to the playoffs, the SFA are going to have to scramble and get something put together for them. Mm, I'm sure I read that somewhere. I might have made that up. Not but sure. There's, there's something funny about it. It doesn't get them to the playoffs, this contract. I'm sure I read that. If only we had a journalist on the podcast. I know. <laughs> somebody, that, somebody that was close to the Scottish camp. <laughs> somebody that was at Hamden today. It wasn't Hamden today. Marhol. Oh, right, Marhol. Right, okay, fair enough. Then. <laughs> right. Aye. Right. Yeah, but, uh, so I don't want to be losing tracking. No, so yeah, Scotland, Poland, Thursday night, eight o'clock, is it? Five past eight, maybe. Hi. One of the ones. Thursday night, I know. Thursday night, I know. Oh, see, that's just brutal. <laughs> well, I've got my ticket, so I'll be there. I wasn't. Uh, this is a. I've said for the start, this was a group I was uh, vested interest in because of my my, my Polish and Irish heritage. So it's been a difficult time. I'll, I'll be glad when. Uh, it's finally all over, I must admit. 
I will have somebody to support at Euros. I'm dying for it to be Scotland, though. <laughs> France 98 oh, is a long, long time ago now. Far too long ago. So I'd take my best support Scotland and a German in the pub. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thought. Not what I was, what, coming up 17 when we were last in the World Cup? Oh, my life has changed so dramatically. Oh, my goodness. Because Euro Euro 96, I was 17. So I could be in the pub and not legally. See, you could have been in the pub in World Cup 98 then. How? You could have been, that's what I'm saying. Aye. Oh, right, you were? Right, right, okay, right. I, I was at the pub, I, right. I watching the games. See, I, I never made it to the pub until the, 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 the playoff against England in Euro 2000, which was 99. So. Aye. And we, we obviously I lost that, that one. one. But, uh, yeah. Just to, just to make you feel old, I remember watching this the first tournament I ever was old enough to watch in the pub was the World Cup in 2010. Oh, fuck it, this but, uh, <laughs> Does that mean you're another one who I can say Toto Scalacci and you'll know if I clue who I'm talking about? Pardon? Toto Scalacci. Come on! Italian 90 top goal scorer. He was a guy uh, I used to kid on I was in the playground. Oh, you need to look hey. back at Toto to Scalacci. Um, yes, I'll have a look. There we go. See, too young to remember Italian 90. That's but that's basically my my yeah. landmark. If you're too if you're if you're too young to remember Italian 90, you're too young forever. <laughs> and I'm old. I wasn't even born. For oh, come on. I first tournament was World Cup '86. Orange <laughs> jacket scored against Germany. I tried to jump my advertising board. and yeah. Wasn't big enough. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> and then we ended up playing Uruguay, who got a man sent off after about a minute. Oh. <sighs> No, no. Oh, I, I still think that's one of the worst things Alex Ferguson ever did was that game <laughs> we should have beat them oh. I still I, I, I would bite your hand off to get a Scotland making a complete mess in the group stages of the World Cup <laughs> can't even get it can't I even get there just being there would be good but I thought you used to complain when they get past the group stages ah, just, just to get to the group stages need to create some new memories yeah even worse if bloody England, Wales, and Northern Ireland are all there. It's heading that way, isn't it? It would be going. We are just like tiny Timmy, because Wales have all but qualified. Ireland are in a great shout as well. England have qualified already. We could be in the house. Even the Republic of Ireland might still get their ideas. It's. Oh. Yeah, that will that be. Iceland are going to be there. That's it. Iceland. Hey, come on. What if Iceland got about three men in a dug glove in that country? <laughs> Are they not like the smallest country ever to qualify for a, ah, a no, championship? Yeah. Uh, yep. Population uh, not much bigger than Aberdeen. There you go. See, it's, <laughs> Aberdeen should try in on the World Cup. <laughs> the Czech Republic have qualified. Yeah, they're pretty good though. <laughs> they qualify for things. I think that the, one of the big shocks is Holland haven't and look as if I'm not going to. So, guaranteed. Oh, well, that's our saving. We'll get yeah, that, playoffs, so. Yeah, we, we can just have a week here We'll, we'll go play with a friendly. <laughs> Alright, we should probably wrap this up because uh, it's getting late. We've been on for a while and uh, we'll, we'll be back next week to discuss exactly how Scotland got on and uh, look forward to the playoff draw. Maybe. Never know. Always Wait, a chance. Wait, a playoff draw? I don't know. Actually. I'd imagine it must be after... Following Friday, maybe? Or... It must be after the Tuesday games. So... 
Uh, it could be, ah, it could, it could be Friday because yeah, he yeah, arranged it for. I think uh, it is. I think it's Friday. Yeah. We'll be in so, Monaco or something like that. Uh, probably. We'll, we'll probably get Holland. Now we've been slagging them off for it. <laughs> if we make yeah. it there. No, it's, yeah. quite a, it's quite a sharp turnaround because the game is obviously. If we do get to play off, then it, uh, it's the 14th. Oh, I'm okay. The, the 17th of I'm November. So. Oh, hey, see if we make it. I hope the second leg's a uh, home game. Because then I'll be able to go. Hi. Because the first leg, I wouldn't, I would just, I wouldn't make it. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, my holiday finally. Oh right, oh, very good. Very so, off to. I am off to sunny Florida, finally. Get some uh, heat. We can't, we can't draw. We can't draw we can't America, draw no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Let's uh, wrap this up then. So, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Fingers crossed, we'll uh, have some positive to talk about next week, and. Uh, if not, then we'll be looking ahead to the World Cup 2018. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll be in drama England. Yeah, that'll put the prices up. But uh, yeah, so good luck to Scotland against Poland and uh, better say good luck against Gibraltar as well. Although if we need luck to beat Gibraltar, then we probably don't deserve to be qualifying for anything anyway. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. And talk to you all again next week. Cheers. See you later, guys. Cheers, guys. All the best. Yes. <laughs>